what I realized was that the thing I did like about running was how you can turn it from an individual sport to a team sport and how having those people around you, and even if you don't even know them, with a combined goal and uh, a similar outlook actually brings energy to yourself. And I realized that that was the thing that I'd been missing in, in the workplace. Hello and welcome to Run the Business, the podcast that explores the place where running and leadership come together. We'll find out how running might help us with leading, managing people, and generally being better in business. We'll also try and answer that question, do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay, and today I'm joined by a managing director working internationally in the marketing space. He's the MD of agency services at The Marketing Store, based in London, but leading teams around Europe and getting around the world as well. He's also spent many years in the US devising strategies, building and leading teams for TMS over there. He's regarded as a hands-on, empathetic and inclusive leader. His approachable nature and unwavering positivity have earned him the trust and respect of colleagues and partners around the world. What some of those people might not know is his love of running as well. Mark Watson, welcome to Run the Business. Thanks, Ant. Nice to, nice to speak to you. How are you today, Mark? I'm great, thank you. And I, I, the thing I would correct you immediately is I think everyone knows about my love of running because I think that's all I talk about. So um, if anything, they're probably bored of hearing about it. But, uh, you know, hopefully still a good conversation for us. Well, let's take that love to a new audience then and reach some different people with it. Uh, I know you're away at the moment. Uh, you're on business. You're, you're in Chicago. Are you going to be running today? And what, what are the conditions like in Chicago? Yeah, I will be out later as it's first thing here. So I didn't get a chance to go uh, before we uh, had our chat. It's been pretty cold over here at the moment. I think it's around minus five centigrade, which has warmed up considerably. So it's good. And, and the, the weather here, it's a dry cold, which is good. And the thing about Chicago is they really take care of all the footpaths. So not much uh, concern about snow or ice or anything. They're cleared pretty well, especially along the lakefront. Fantastic. I know a few people that have been on the podcast that have enjoyed running in Chicago. So I know it's a great venue for getting out there. Mark, taking things back a little bit, when did you first consider yourself a runner? And tell us a little bit about your journey into running. Uh, I think if I, if I look back, I think I was one of those strange kids at school that actually enjoyed cross country. Um, I look forward to it. I, I enjoyed the races. I remember there was about three or four of us that liked it. And uh, there was just a pact with the people that didn't. Was And they could cheat as much as they wanted and cut the course. They just couldn't beat us. We wanted to run it fair and square. So I, I did that as a as a young teenager. And then actually football took over. And it, I took a break from running really until I, I moved to Chicago the first time, which was in uh, 2001. Um, and there is such a running community here. It was just easy to fall into. And I just started on training programs and just building with the community and um, just increasing my goals as I went through. And I think probably like a lot of runners, a little bit of imposter syndrome. And I think that first year I went from uh, doing five and 10 Ks and I ran my first marathon in uh, 2002. And I think when I crossed the finish line there, I actually thought, yeah, maybe I can do this if I want. And um, it's really gone on from there. What was the reason at the beginning that you started out to run? And if I ask you that question now, why do you run? What's your answer? I think there's probably been three phases of my running that kind of connected with my, with my life cycle, to be honest. I think that the first phase was when I moved to Chicago, it was about exploring the city, uh, meeting new people, 
a little bit of a fear of a new country, 10 pounds being put on with the amount of food over here, just trying to keep somewhat in shape. And really with Chicago, the, the thing I loved and we loved as a family was the weather, uh, just very hot and very bright in the, in the summer. And then in the winter, still, still bright, still sunny, albeit cold, but you know, the, the city was ready for that. So that was really why I started. And then the opportunity then moved from keeping fit and enjoying the city to try and challenge myself and go after more goals. So that's really why I'd always had in my head that I wanted to run a marathon. Never thought I could, but joining a good running program here got me to do that, say, in the, in the first year. And then I carried on running, had, uh, had young children, and then really kind of didn't find the time for it. And then actually probably around 2008, uh, there was a change in circumstance in my family. I ended up wanting a bit of headspace and ended up having a bit more time to myself. So I really got back into to running uh, religiously in terms of trying to get out uh, with, a, with a set program, trying to take on more and more races and ultimately try and do more and more distances. And I think that's that then phase from maybe 2008 through to you know, 2012, 2014, uh, that was what my journey was on. And then in the most recent phase, which is, is a continuation, is that I just, as I got older, I wanted to continue to challenge myself and almost prove that age doesn't matter and not worry about age grading or, you know, best in age, but actually looking at any PB I've had from whatever age I've been and just trying to beat that to believe that if I work hard and if I focus on a goal, then I can achieve whatever I want. And really that's where my probably last two or three years have moved to, which is just trying to re to prove that to myself and uh, continue to improve no matter what the body says. And do you have goals, uh, active goals in, in both running and in your work life? And, and do you compare goal setting in both spaces? Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, from a, from a work point of view, I am very much a planner. I like to make sure that there is a plan at the beginning of the year. There's clear uh, objectives and outcomes that we're shooting to at the end of the year. And not just, you know, smart goals, which I think gets thrown around a lot, but really aspirations. And when we look back on the year, what is it we want to be able to say to each other we've achieved over the previous 12 months? And then by having a, a goal at the beginning and that, that aspiration at the end, we're able to plot the path and know what we need to do and, and to keep on track and keep everyone motivated. So I'm very much a goal setter and uh, accountability holder in the business space. And in running, it's, it's exactly the same. And I've, I've actually, in the last three or four years, I've started to work with a coach, actually a, a connection from Chicago again, um, and having goals, but more importantly, having a structured program of what I need to do in order to deliver those. And you know, every year we'll sit down at the beginning of the year, work out what it is I want to focus on, what it is I want to achieve, and then put the best plan in place to do that. And then it's on me to find the time, find the energy, find the commitment and the will to deliver against those, uh, those programs every day or every week, knowing that if I do that, the results will come at the end of it. Do you change those goals at all during the year or, or you know, during the course of that, that journey? Because if, if, do you ever sort of look at it and go, well, actually, these, these aren't the right goals. We need, to, we need to shift to something else. Is that a process that you go through? I think from a business point of view, absolutely, especially the last two or three years, you know, the, the amount of volatility in the, in the marketplace politically, obviously with the pandemic, you know, I think you have to set out what, what you think success looks like and 
while I'm not one to look for excuses or reasons, uh, Ed Vistas, uh, the mountain climbers, his uh, autobiography is called No Shortcuts at the Top, which I, I fully buy into. I, you know, we don't, we don't look to hide behind excuses, but sometimes there will be conditions where we say what we need to do to be successful has changed. Therefore, we'll change the goals rather than saying the goal was wrong. And then from a running point of view, I think it's the same thing. I set out what I want to do in the year, but it's, if injury comes along, if travel gets in the way, you know, sometimes just training's not going the way it needs to go, then you have to just reset. And I think resetting is, uh, is part of the goal setting process. Mm, makes sense. To give us the full picture, tell us a little bit about what the marketing store does and your role there, just so we kind of get a full sense of what you're about. Yeah, so we're a global customer engagement agency is, is the, the core or the, the heart of the business where it's grown up from. What that means is we try and create connections between brands and consumers. And that's really about delivering on brand promises and ultimately driving great experiences and driving sales, predominantly in the retail space. Um, we work in telecom sector, we work in fast food or QSR. Uh, we work in in sportswear as well. So we build campaigns that get delivered on the ground or in the retail space for our clients. We additionally have a, a large sourcing organization that allows us to not only deliver the customer experiences, but if there are products being delivered to customers and put in their hands, we're often producing those as well. So we're able to create an experience, but then also deliver it already to the customer in an end-to-end way that allows us to control a lot more of the messaging and a lot more of the delivery. So we're far more accountable for the the success of the work. Are, are there projects that you've worked on over the last few years that you're able to mention that stick out as special, some some work that you're proud of? Yeah. Through my entire career, I have I've prided myself on working on projects that somewhat seem impossible or have huge challenges that then you find ways to overcome. A job the team did a couple of years ago, which was actually phenomenal, was a program with Adidas and Paul Pogba. And actually the the whole process of setting up this underground surprise boot launch program in a bit of London that's kind of known for creativity, but again, working with very restricted timelines, getting him down uh, from Manchester, kind of undercover, getting him through the city and then launching this as a music concert and a product launch and bringing in influencers, I think was really, really imp- impressive because it, at the time it looked like there was no way to get that delivered. And then from a telecoms point of view, we work with VMO2, the telephone network on the priority program. And in terms of resetting, where I think the, the team did a phenomenal job was the positioning of uh, O2 priority is that you use your phone to as a gateway to explore the outdoors. So all of the rewards in there are outdoor adventures or go and seek and find or head out and experience this. And that was the programs we were building. And then of course, when COVID happened, none of that was possible, but people were still using their phones and we still wanted to reward them. And the team were incredible along with the client, obviously to pivot and turn that from these outdoor once in a lifetime experiences to experiences in the house during the pandemic when no one could go out. And I think both of those uh, are really good examples of where the team have, have just have just delivered something which uh, we didn't think we could do. And specifically the, the O2 one at the time, because it was such a fast paced turn uh, of strategy because again, because of the market conditions. Both those sound fantastic. And how important is 
tech and being on top of technological advancements for you in in the space that you work in. And I kind of want to talk about tech in running as well in a second, but I'm just curious to see how on top of stuff you need to be to make these innovative connections with brands. Yeah, it's imperative. I'm part of when we talk about TMS in the in the new guys as as we as we go to market, the T really now represents technology at a, as a core of our business. So whether it is um, technology from a customer facing point of view, so whether it's apps we're running, so McDonald's is one of our clients. So running app programs from McDonald's globally, we run big in store games, uh, things like Monopoly, which you may have heard of. All of those get driven through our technology, which obviously has to be fully robust. When we're looking at the priority work, obviously that's all through the cell phone. So we have to partner with tech partners on that. And then specifically with the supply chain business as well, you know, knowing uh, what products are needed, where, where it is in the system, managing where the raw materials are, managing where the freight is, all of that sits on a very solid uh, tech base. So, and we, we're looking to constantly innovate. There's two guys we've worked for, for a long time in the business Give me a little shout out, Tom and Hills, who are our creative technologists, who again are constantly looking at tech in the marketplace that we can bring to life in a new way. One of their concepts that we launched in actually in the Adidas flagship store was this idea of Therifluid, which was a, a magnetized uh, liquid that we were, they were able to influence the shape of it so it looked like a predator football boot. I mean, it, the, so we do everything from, say, from the analytics side and using data to drive that through to really creative executions in the marketplace. That sounds great. Uh, where, do, where do you get your energy and inspiration from? And I'm thinking both in, in running and in business. In business, I think a lot of it comes internally. A lot of it get, is looking at the new developments we're creating looking at the new innovations that people are bringing in. I think that's really exciting to see, you know, then I think looking at tech platforms, I think, you know, look, following the CESs, the South by Southwest's, whenever I've been there, that's just one of the most overwhelming things I've, I've been to in terms of trying to manage time at South by Southwest, just to see uh, as many things as possible and, and soak it all in. And I, I try and read as best I can to follow just not just technology, but business trends, people management trends at the moment, especially as we look at hybrid and how we look at how the new, the new face of, of, uh, of work. So that's from a, from a work point of view. And then from a running and an exercise point of view, I, I tend to look at people who just feel like they're breath barriers all the time. I, I don't think that to be classed an athlete or a runner, you have to be going the furthest, the fastest, the longest. But uh, you know those kind of people do inspire me. And I look at what they achieve, and I sometimes then look at what I'm trying to do and think, well, if they can do that, and I'm looking at you and your 135-mile ring of fire <laughs> race, uh, if they can do that, then I surely can do what I'm trying to do. So, yeah, I, I look for that inspiration as well. Thanks for the mention there. And, and coming back to that tech question in running, do you utilise tech in your running or are you a more uh, a free runner in, in nature what, what what what's the balance there for you oh it's it's complete tech i my my coach has <laughs> to put programs in for me that are uh, no data runs just go out and run just go enjoy it we have a great thing called a gratitude run which is just you've, you've had a good month or a good six weeks or a good or even a bad day you know and just take the watch off. Just go out. Be grateful for your for where you are. Look around. Smell the air, and just enjoy the fact that you are you know you're able to do this and and you love it. And so I think that's some of the balance I have to get. But running, you know, I, I use the Garmin. I 
definitely pour over the data of races to see normally to see where I lost time or what I could have done differently rather than uh, congratulate myself. But that's, I think, part of the self-development. And then obviously with, uh, with Strava, part of the training program I've got is with a, a platform called Training Peaks, which not only captures all of the workouts I need to do and all the runs I need to do, but then really does track my form, my fatigue. So, you know, we can change the program as we go, as we go through with that. But no, I, I do love a I do love the data and at the end of most races, there'll be a spreadsheet built of some description so I can just kind of break it down a bit as well. I love that concept of the gratitude run that you mentioned and just getting out there and just, you know, being grateful to be alive and to be, to be running. It's fantastic uh, takeaway that. This podcast is obviously all about how running might help people in business and in leadership. You know, question to you, how does running help you be better in your work? And are there you know, specific examples where runnings maybe sort of taught you a lesson or, or given, given you something that you've transferred into, into work? I think that um, I've listened to some of your other guests and I, I think it's similar to them in terms of it, it can put me in a better frame of mind. So I think um, that if I... If I go out and I have a nice run in the morning or even in the evening and I, I feel like I've completed that and that part of my day is done, I, I come to work more refreshed, uh, mind more open to learn and more motivated to get, uh, to get other people to go on whatever journey they're on. Um, so that helps. There are, if, I'm, if I am working on a specific project, um, I, can't, I wouldn't be able to do it during a training run, but if I were just doing a free run, I can absolutely spend that time to think through problems, um, hopefully come up with new ideas. I remember we were we were relaunching the the marketing store brand probably six years ago, and I was working with a a partner on that. And at the time, I was running to work, which was a decent maybe an hour or so every morning. And he used to dread me showing up because I'd come up and no doubt on the way, and I'd have I've had some grand idea that I wanted to explore. So it definitely allows me that free running allows me to to think like that i think lessons from a team point of view probably coming out of lockdown the pandemic i was struggling with with my connection with with work actually and i've been doing this job and at this company for a long time i got a lot of heart a lot of passion for the business and the brand as well as all the people i work with but there was just something that was missing for me and i couldn't put my finger on what it was and then i was chatting to a business coach actually and we, we were talking about the milton Keynes marathon of all things and the fact how much I disliked it, and it was during COVID, and because of the social distancing, the first year I ran the Milton Keynes Marathon, it was almost a time trial. So you showed up on the start line, and they sent people off every 60 seconds. So you ended up just running the marathon by yourself. And what I realized at that point was that the thing I did like about running was how you can turn it from an individual sport to a team sport. And how having those people around you and having the, those people with a, uh, even if you don't even know them, with a combined goal and uh, a similar outlook and a similar party you're going on actually brings energy to yourself. And I realized that that was the thing that I'd been missing in, in the workplace. So actively made opportunities to reconnect with people, make sure we knew we were on the same path together. And again, work with a group rather than turning management into a, into a, a solo sport as well. That's such a great advice. And, and I know you've been acknowledged at, at award ceremonies over the last few years for that ability, I think. And, and in terms of leadership style, you know, words like, uh, you know, empathetic, approachable are 
words that spring to mind that I know have been used. What what does leadership mean to you? I know you've just touched upon it there, but what does it mean to you uh, in this day and age? And and how do you ensure that you've got that connection with with your people and and you have that open door and that positivity and that empathy that that is so important? Well, firstly, thank you for those kind quotes, wherever you found those. I always used to consider myself, I used to call myself the, the cheerleader and the check writer. So my job was to really to facilitate the teams to do their best work. And if you've got an idea or if there's something you want to achieve, I'll get behind it. I'll be the biggest champion of it. And I'll make sure we've got the resources to deliver against that. I think that's evolved a little, especially over the last three or four years where some of my own personal journey around inclusion and belonging has become really important. And just looking at the workplace and understanding, and same in a race, you know, if we're talking about it, like if you, the conditions need to be right for people to perform, and that could be on the, the race itself, but more importantly, in the business context, in an office context, what are we doing to make sure everyone is focused on being their best version of themselves, removing uh, any distractions they may have, so they feel like they can truly belong. And if they can truly belong and be themselves and focus on on what they're trying to achieve, then they're going to thrive. And that's something that I and we as a business have a, a, a huge commitment towards. And I think that that manifests itself in what does that mean for everyone in this new age? So some people, in order to belong and thrive, they want to be in the office and they want to be around people and they want, they want that interaction. And other people think their best place is to work remotely, only come in the office occasionally, but whatever it is that we can do to support that, that is, is what we want to do. So I think setting the conditions for success is my is my job now and setting the path and the vision of where we want to get to. I want to come back on something you said around the uh, the energy. You mentioned the, the Milton Keynes Marathon and, and at the beginning of this part of the conversation, you talked about the community, the spirit that you can get. I mean, speaking specifically to running, that's so powerful, isn't it? That event energy that you can pick up on and you can plug into and help you raise your game and and to hear you articulate how that is something you transferred over in, into into work was was really powerful could you talk a little bit more about kind of that how that energy plays out for you and 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 when you are in in these uh, you know group events and uh, running events how that, how that impacts on you how it makes you feel there are different ways of looking at it so one of the the other phases of my running journey, my my sons took up running when they were just under 10, I think. And they joined a local running club, uh, which was Highgate Harriers. And because they joined, the whole family joined and I became a, an active, active member there. So having that community is one thing that I'm really proud of, that the, the, the team uh, works as a team they give back to to the community as well as being a running group. And then my eldest son, Monty's continued to run. He's now at university uh, running for, for Newcastle Uni and, and Highgate Harriers still. So having that connection with him has been really important to me. And being part of, uh, again, Highgate Harriers, are a, they're a pretty good club and they have some pretty fast runners, a couple of England runners in there. Knowing that I, I will never be next to them on the finish line <laughs> doesn't deter me because the, the team are, you know, beginning to end we're one group we're one unit and and we run as a team and I, and that's really that's really important to me and then i think that some of the bigger events that are huge crowds and the the second time i ran milton keynes i actually jumped in with a pace group 
So the complete antithesis of the previous time. So this was, you know, we had someone leading us. There was a group. We were all going together and really feeding off one another and picking each other up. There were, you know, there was conversations about whether the pace was going too fast or too slow and pe- if we people were hanging on to the group or not hanging on to the group. But together we we worked as a pack and we we hung in there and I think everyone in that group achieved the goals they were going for. And then at an even further level, some of my favorite races, there's a race series called Ragnar, which only ran in the UK for maybe three years. And it's one of these point-to-point relays that normally around 200 miles, anywhere from four or five to 10 or 12 people in a team. And enormous stability we used to run in terms of some really fast runners and some people that just wanted to come along for a, you know for a, some of the shorter stints. So there's 36 legs on, on these things. And again, that level of camaraderie in a van for for a day, and just often running with people that were friends of friends, so you get to get to meet new people, get to experience it with different people. And we've done a few of those, a lot of them through America, and then we did a few in the in the UK, which again, my sons were, and and uh, my wife were able to do with us as well. Which which obviously, when they're running, the kids running, it makes it really special. So I think there's the, that camaraderie is something I look for because I do think it allows you to get to a, a different level. And there's something in that, isn't there, where the idea that a, sing, a person on their own can't always be in the spotlight, can't always be performing at the peak. It's just impossible. You, you burn out. So the idea of, you know, you doing your bit, but then getting your energy from somebody else or letting somebody else take the lead. It's like the thing with... with uh, geese flying. I hope I'm not reaching too far here, but you know when they fly in the in the V V formation, and and the, the 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 one at the front sort of peels off and goes to the back and allows somebody else to take the take the the lead. Because uh, what what you just described there, I think, is a is a great way of of sharing that load, sharing that that energy, and and everybody's performance being better at the end of it for that. Absolutely, and then looking around and and realizing who you've helped and who's helped you and then obviously most importantly then acknowledging that and often it is and again in the workplace as well but often it is people that you might not expect and I think that's why running with different groups or working with different people and and making sure you've got a good mix uh, of personalities around you I think really helps challenge you and also get to better solutions. And I know TMS is doing some awesome work around inclusivity, and I know that's a big thing of, of, that's driving you. It, it, what's your read on, you know, and it's, without being too general, in, in terms of where we're at, thinking about the UK, uh, on the work and the journey that, that business needs to do in that space, where, where do you think we are now compared to, to, to maybe five years ago? Oh, I, I think... From five years ago, I think we've moved a, a number of needles, but th- there's there's so much work to do from my point of view. Um, and we see it, I think we see it every day still, where whether it's cronyism, whether it's those that, that are in, in power, and I don't just mean in, in political power, but those in a position of power doing what they can to protect it and not let uh, other people in. And I think that what, We've worked with a group called Fearless Futures. Uh, we did some work, it's, of course, called Design for Inclusion, which really begins to acknowledge, you know, if there are systems in place, who benefits and who is held to the detriment and are the people who are benefit benefiting doing all they can to continue to benefit or are they allowing other people in? And, and there's, it's normally the same answer. So I think there's a huge amount of work to do. I think 
we as a business have done a lot or we've tried to do a lot, but we have, we've still got our own huge journey to go on. But I think that being able to, to face it is, uh, is the most important thing. There's a quote that, you know, not everything that you face can be changed, but nothing will be changed until you face it. And that's something that we are wholeheartedly buy into and are therefore always looking for those challenges. Do you have any kind of uh, mantra in, in either running or business that helps you stay focused? Anything that you lean on when things get, get difficult? I think, yeah, I think there probably is. I, the, the, one, the one that springs to mind is there's always a summit. And I had to learn that um, doing, doing triathlons and cycling, and that's not my forte. But, you know, there's, there's always a peak that you'll get to. And normally at the top of that peak, there'll, A, there'll be a decent view, but then the work would have been worth it. And then you know that it's downhill the other side. So that's what I try and um, work and, and live by. The other one that I also try and employ is never make a decision going uphill. And uh, that's from a running point of view, often running and feeling tired and I'd, I'd be halfway up a hill and decide I'm, I, I can't do this or I'm going too fast or whatever. And I'd always wait till I got to the top and then reassess because it's always going to be tough going up. And I try and put the same, the same uh, mantra in business as well. When things are really tough, don't make decisions that are they're going to fundamentally stop or change the journey. Take the time to decompress, calm the situation down, and then think about the decision you want to make. And I know you're a, a really motivated goal-driven person how how does rest fit into your schedule how do you make sure you get that downtime and that time to re-energize when you're the kind of person that wants to be doing stuff and wants to be here and there and everywhere yeah i'm not sure i've got the right answer for that yet <laughs> I, I think I, I definitely feed on energy i think it drives a lot of people to distraction sometimes that i and i do need to sit still a bit more often i think that maybe to be honest, maybe during the pandemic when we were forced to to be inside and we were forced to have time away from the the usual distractions. And then even during that time, you know, I was feeling a lot of anxiety. And the way I came through that was to take some time out and whether it was breathing exercises or just creating that little space for me. And I think that worked during the pandemic and I think it, it reinforced the value of quality time. I think I've drifted back to how I was prior to that recently, but I still do try and make that time just, even if it's once a week, just to do some breathing exercises, just to create that little safe space, which again, hopefully helps me be more, more centered and balanced. From a training point of view, again, my coach has to very specifically put in rest days so that I don't, I don't overtrain. Again, I'm not trying to think I'm, put the impression of a monster trainer out there i just i just love getting out there whenever i can but definitely understanding the importance of step back weeks and step back days and and those rest days is really important you, you mentioned a couple of marathons earlier do you have any other memorable runs that stick in your mind some inspiring moments that will be with you for for a long long time it's funny you should ask this my last gratitude run my coach asked me that every five minutes i thought about and run that had moved me. So I, I should have this collection uh, close at hand because there was, a, there was a, good, a good bunch. If I could pick one run that I had, I've done that will forever stick with me, I was running a race. It was a Ragnar race. And it was called Reach the Beach in, uh, in New Hampshire in, in the US. And I was on, I think it was like a 2 a.m. leg, and it was all through the mountains in New Hampshire. So there's a lot of hills in there, but I was running uphill 
at 2 a.m., was running really well and really strong. And my head torch went out, which is not particularly safe, but I felt fine. And I looked up and I could see the Milky Way. I could see just more stars than I ever thought possible. And normally on these Ragnars, there's a group of people. You'll see trail lights, you'll see blinkies. But at that moment, I don't think it was any, it felt like there was no one else on that mountain. And I just looked up and absorbed and just saw that sky and just thought, oh my God, again, back to that point of, if I wasn't running, I wouldn't see this. I would never have experienced this. And it, it was just such the most incredible uh, moment I've had on, on two feet for sure. Wow. That sounds amazing. Did, did that make you feel small or the opposite, almost like connected to this big, huge universe? Probably small, but proud of being part of it, I think, is the way I'd look at it. And, you know, that, that then moves you into sustainability and, you know, what are we doing to protect all those things? And obviously that's part of a, another journey I think a lot of us are on. But no, at that, at that point in time, you just look around and you, you just see how infinite the world is out there. And, you know, we, we haven't explored this planet yet without even thinking about everything that's up there. It does bring, running brings moments of, of life as, as you've just articulated there so well that you just wouldn't get if you weren't out there doing this thing. And those, those moments where you, you can just have that and it sticks with you. I mean, that's, that's so powerful. Are you a uh, a music runner generally, Mark, or did you like the the quiet? I love the quiet. I love people. I love being around people. But it's some of the only time I get this. Just me. The irony is, if I run with someone, I talk nonstop to them, <laughs> and then they end up asking me to be quiet. Uh, but no, I I very very rarely, if ever, run with headphones. And and do you have? Uh, well, I'm sure you do because you're a goal driven person. But do you have things this year that you want to achieve, or, or places that you're going to be running this year that you can you, you can share with us? Yeah, um, I haven't fully got into the plan for the year. I just took on probably the first time I took on a challenge that I didn't think I was going to complete from the get go, but I gave it a good crack. It was called the. 496 challenge which is uh, Sean Conway the ultra athlete sets out this challenge where you run the corresponding number of kilometers to the days of the month in January so obviously one on the first two on the second three on the third and then if you run that all the way through and you run 31k on January the 31st you end up running 496 kilometers in the month so I tried to do that I got to 21 which is a pretty further than I thought. And actually that goes back to your question about rest. I'm just absolutely fried. I was still running cross country races as part of that. And I, it was, it was too much. So I ended, and then I saw the week ahead and I, so I stopped at 21 K. So now that's done with focusing on the rest of the year. There's an ultra marathon, the South Downs challenge, which is from Eastbourne to uh, Brighton and Hove along the South Downs way. I've run that once, but got injured while running it, although I did finish. And then last year, I tried to run it again and got injured again. So this year, I'm determined to have that as my my main focus rather than mixing other races into it. So that the, the, that's in August, I think. So I will be focused uh, solely on that this year from a running point of view. And there's a couple of swimming challenges I'll probably look out for as mm-hmm. well. Uh, running aside, can can you name a business tool, an app, or something that you couldn't do without in your business world? Well, unfortunately, I think truly the, the business can do, you know, I think it's the boring office suite, but I think things like Power BI, which again, allow us to pull data and allow us to measure some of our metrics from a dashboard and make it easy to read and 
therefore allow us to change direction or, or inform the teams on what we need to change. I think that would be a key one for me. Mm-hmm. We've not talked uh, about AI, but is that something in, in terms of the, that's on your radar uh, as this year progresses? It seems to be going up the agenda even more and, and becoming more wider in the, in the public sort of domain. Is, is it something you're thinking of? Yeah, I think it, it's, it's something we're looking at. I think from uh, definitely, I would have thought from a forecasting point of view, we're not as advanced on it as we are in other areas of technology right now. But like you've been reading a lot of it um, over the last month, really, about how it's really becoming the norm in sport and Formula One strategy looks like they're going to move fully to AI. I think in our industry, these uh, these copywriting and art producing AIs is one for debate and and again reading and seeing how they're trying to get art experts to compare masterpieces with a piece of ai see if they can tell the difference and sometimes they can sometimes they can't so it'll fundamentally change the business as we move forward but um i do i do believe in the power of human creativity and would love to see that come to the fore more often business aside is there a favorite bit of running kit or accessory that you want to give a shout out to something that you can't do without well I found uh, Lululemon running shorts about five years ago, and they absolutely changed the whole running experience. I, I, they are the most comfortable things, so I would definitely give those a big shout out. And then calf sleeves were the other thing, just from a recovery and a if you're running and putting those things on, they ch- they changed everything for me too. So I, I'll give those to a, an honourable mention. Great. Two bits to check out there. Thanks for that. Uh, final question, Mark. What, what advice would you give to anybody in business or in a leadership role considering getting more into running and uh, getting more active? We've talked a lot about the benefits throughout this podcast, but uh, could you summarize it for a bit of advice? Yeah, I think if people are trying to get into it, I think go steady. Every journey begins with a step. And I think that that's important, especially for new runners. Compare yourself only to yourself. You're you're your only competition out there. And whatever it takes to have fun when you do it. It could be long runs, it could be short runs, it could be trail runs, it could be road runs, whatever, whatever you get the enjoyment out of, focus on that and don't let other people tell you what you should do. Mark, fantastic way to finish. Thank you so much for your time and have a fantastic year of running. Great. You too. Thanks, Anne. Thank you to Mark Watson for his time on Run the Business this week. So what am I taking away from that conversation? I don't know about you, but I found so many useful nuggets of of wisdom in there. Start with that idea of the gratitude run. And I'll be honest, I hadn't really come across that concept, but how Mark described it made so much sense. The idea of being grateful or reflecting on something while you're running. It could be friends, family, self, uh, work, life in general. Being grateful for things that are in your life, things you're fortunate to do. Contemplating other parts of life, perhaps recent events or happy memories, stuff that brings you joy. You could also use that time to counterbalance certain negative feelings. For example, if you've been feeling lonely, to concentrate on friends and family during a run. The idea of running without a watch is a bit alien to me, if I'm totally honest, but I'm going to try it this month and and see how I get on. Other stuff, I think the way Mark described shifting running from an individual sport to a team sport really resonated with me. How that transferred into his work life and helped him build empathy and, and shared energy 
I thought was really powerful. He also talked about the conditions needing to be right for people to perform and how leaders today, whether it's in the office physically or virtually, they've got to create an environment, a culture if you like, that allows people to be the best they can be and bring their best self wherever that is. I'm also off to check out those Lululemon men's running shorts that changed his life. I think uh, that, that's got to be done. If you're enjoying Run the Business, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us, please share, please comment. It really, really helps grow the show. Go on, do it now before you move on to the next thing. Much, much appreciation for doing that. And a nugget I'm taking away, a quote to finish that Mark mentioned, something that applies to both running and business. Never make a decision going uphill. That really uh, stuck for me. I'm Anthony Gay, and until next time, keep running and keep chasing your goals.